Yo, hey everybody, thanks for coming back. Uh, we've been out for a couple weeks, but we are back with a really good show today. We've got Adam King waiting to come on. We are going to talk about uh, a Christian cowboy movie we found on YouTube, and it's pretty much just 45 minutes of me laughing. Okay, want to do a couple quick shout outs before we get started. Uh, thanks to everybody who's been interacting with us on Twitter at FS Bible Time. Quick shout out to Andy Brandt. Shout out to Sarah LaCour. Thank you guys for checking in with us. Um, also, we have a new supporter bringing you this podcast today. I wanted to say a special thank you to David Babacow. Uh, just joined up to support us on Patreon. If you want to find us there, it's at Patreon slash Matthew E. Pierce. You can support the blog and the podcast. Check out the blog. Just posted an article about King David and why we should not freak out every time an old person in church says something weird. Okay, enough of my babbling. Let's get to the jokes. Faith-based, while also completely good with killing anyone who's in your way. Hey, welcome back to the show. Thanks for being with us. Another Saturday night fun, sexy Bible end. These are the ones we usually get in trouble with when we do ones on Saturday night. Uh, we're just a couple broken men coming to you tonight. <laughs> On the other end, Adam King. How's it going, Adam? I'm doing well. You Good to talk to you. You don't just just tell the people that how miserable you are right now because of what I subjected you to. All right, yeah, I'm still in a fog. Actually, <laughs> I, I feel a little bit like a zombie walking around. Hard hard to believe I'm still <laughs> functioning. Adam is probably only going to be my friend for another thirty or forty minutes or so. Um, cause I asked him to be on, I asked him to do a show with me and he didn't really know what he was getting into. Um, I said, Hey, I, you know, I found this obscure faith-based film on YouTube. Uh, you want to just like skim through it with me and, and we'll, we'll riff on it a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> Adam said, sure. And how long was that movie, Adam? Did it turn out to be well, yeah, seven I hours was, long? I was- I was game. I was all up for it because what you sent me was a 14-minute clip. And I watched that and thought, all right, cool. I could watch 30 minutes of this. There's probably a few more clips I can watch. And, um, yeah, so it ended up being two full hours of uh, some of the finest acting that you could ever see. Okay, so let's, let's, let's set this up if we can. There's not a ton of information about this, but the movie we're talking about is a 1994 opus called Covenant Rider. And it is produced... It's, it's actually the... Uh, it, it comes from two places. Uh, Kenneth Copeland, who is a fairly famous televangelist. Uh, and what's the other guy's name? Willie George. Yeah, Willie George. And their, uh, their names just take turns in the credits. <laughs> it's just back and forth, back and forth. Lead, lead head, executive director, and then assistant lead executive, and it's just back and forth. They were, they did it all. <laughs> okay, so some of you might know who Kenneth Copeland is. I know we have a lot of Christian culture nerds that listen to this, like myself. So he's on TBN. He is uh, he come under. He comes under fire sometimes for being somewhat lavish and you know preaching prosperity gospel, word of faith kind of guy. 
Um, Willie George, not as well known, um, but he does, he did have a hand in, uh, the TV show fire by night. Uh, I think that was in the uh, late eighties, early nineties. A lot of people still reference that. Um, Willie George ministries also had a, uh, had or has, I'm not sure if they still have it, but it like a Western, um, a Western themed family park called, was it dry gulch? I think dry gulch ministries or dry gulch campgrounds. And so from there, I think Kenneth Copeland and Willie George got together and said, you know what? We're both pastors. Let's make some cowboy movies. <laughs> <laughs> and they did. <laughs> they made quite a few of them, actually. They did. Actually, um, when it when it ended, uh, I went to put a few of the kids to bed. <laughs> and I came back upstairs and I thought, oh, my goodness, the movie started over again. <laughs> It was all the same dudes, all the same actors, and I thought, oh, the movie just started back up. No, no, it was a whole nother movie about the treasure of Eagle Mountain. <laughs> so so we've got a whole nother podcast ahead of us just right there. <laughs> well, let's, let's not overwhelm the people yet. Let's, let's not take them to Eagle Mountain yet. <laughs> so this happened in 94, and I, I feel like that's sort of like a sweet spot. Because, like, in the early 90s, like, Christian culture was was sort of thriving in a way that it hadn't before. And there was all this, you know, new media and people were producing content. But the internet had not really taken hold yet. Mm -hmm. So, like, there wasn't the sort of instant pushback you would get, like, if something like this happened now. Like, can, can you imagine, like, I think we talked about this before, like, Joel Osteen doing a cowboy financing his own cowboy movie in 2017 the outcry would be huge oh yeah that i remember we were we were talking about that i thought maybe the title could be something like uh, be your best cowboy or or something along those lines <laughs> but in 94 there's no pushback yeah you, you can, can get just, away with it yeah you can just roll these things out to your mm -hmm. own and i'm sure his audience at the time was very receptive towards it and, you know, if you weren't plugged into the TBN scene, it probably just passed you by and, you know, you weren't really even aware that this happened. So they probably didn't get a lot of criticism at all for it. If you could describe this in one sentence before we get started, how would you describe Covenant Rider? Oh, my goodness. I only get one <laughs> sentence. <laughs> um, the longest amateur movie that I've ever seen um, that is complete. Can, I, can it be a run-on sentence? Is that okay? Yeah, yes. Okay. It's a run-on um, run movie. You might as well just... Yeah, that is, yeah, that is, it, that is completely faith-based while also completely good with killing anyone who's in your way. <laughs> uh, and, and just a little bit too long for Mystery Science Theater... 3000. Yeah, I mean, okay, the I would <laughs> I would just say it's it it's quite ambitious. <laughs> okay, that's good. That's shorter than mine. <laughs> it is <laughs> it is shamelessly ambitious. <laughs> well, I spent um a good bit of the time while I was watching it trying to find out what the budget was. <laughs> uh, and I can't find it online anywhere, but they had to have spent a good chunk of change on yes. this movie. Yes. There are so many characters and so many actors and so many lines and so many scenes. Uh, I can't I can't even guess how much money they spent on this movie. 
Well, even if they used uh, the Dry Gulch USA Western Town or whatever mm-hmm. and saved money on building sets, you're still talking about yeah, this is this is not like a uh, this is not a church production. This is like an actual large scale production. Oh yeah, the editing and the the um, the production value really wasn't terrible. Yeah. It- <laughs> I think they saved money on on hiring people who'd never acted before. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> this is true. Um, gosh, okay. I, I want to start out. I found some descriptions of it online, which are just incredible. It doesn't okay. have an, it doesn't have an IMDb for some reason, mm-hmm. uh, but it, I found an, a description on Amazon, and this is in all caps, by the way. <laughs> Unstoppable, heart-pounding Western adventure for justice. God's justice. <laughs> TV minister Kenneth Copeland stars. So that's one. Okay. Um, I found another description on a uh, like a uh, a movie website. <laughs> okay, Covenant Rider, nineteen ninety four. In this unforgettable, heartwarming, heart-pounding... Okay, right there. Is it heartwarming or is it heart-pounding? It does a lot. It does a lot to your heart. Yeah, there's a lot of heart uh, effect. Is it heartbreaking? That's my question. In this heartwarming, heart-pounding adventure, U.S. Marshals Bill Gunter and Wichita Slim (laughs) hit the trail to track down the outlaws who have kidnapped Bill Gunter's Six-year-old nephew, Ty. Indians, outlaws, ambushes, and the plan of the enemy can't stop the covenant these men have made with God, each other, and young Ty's mom. Even the wicked Saul Gillespie plots to get the marshals before they get him. Isn't that just like wicked Saul Gillespie? Oh, that guy. (laughs) That guy. Okay, is it Bill Gunter? Because I swear in the movie a couple times they called him Bill Gunner. Right, no, it depended on uh, it depends on which actor it was saying it because uh, literally it was from scene to scene. He was Gunner, Gunter. Uh, it, it changed a lot. <laughs> I guess we should do a shout out. I mean, I guess this is I guess this is a grateful shout out. Maybe we're just assigning blame, but uh, shout out to the YouTube channel Christian TV Archive for uh cataloging this and preserving it for us you can find the yeah. entire movie it, it's split up into parts obviously 14 minutes at a time 14 minutes at a time on the uh, christian tv archive youtube channel um man i, I also looked up on uh, kenneth copeland ministries they still sell this movie oh really is it on vhs only <laughs> i think it's just they just send you a betamax oh fantastic um, yeah, I actually saw on Amazon there is a guy who was begging um, for this to come out in DVD version. Was it, <clears throat> was it Kenneth Copeland himself? It, I think it was. <laughs> he just couldn't figure out how to convert it. <laughs> okay, so Kenneth Copeland, um, Kenneth Copeland stars in this movie. And even when this came out, he was a, a very wealthy, very prominent televangelist. So when this came out, I think he was... I did the math. I think he was 58 when this came out. And um, I just cannot get over the fact that a, a, a successful televangelist 
did a late career pivot and decided, you know what my life, you know what my ministry is lacking? I need to be an action star. That's what it's <laughs> lacking. Yeah, he uh, he was like the uh, the Michael Jordan <laughs> of televangelists. Um, so we're talking 58-year-old Kenneth Copeland who stands maybe five foot seven and is I'm gonna guess maybe 120 130 pounds he's he's a very mm-hmm. small scrawny older man <laughs> portraying the character Wichita Slim and I, I'm really hung up on his gun how would you describe his gun oh the um well it reminded me of uh watching Batman as a kid when the Joker, this is the old Batman movie, not the new ones, when the Joker pulls that revolver, I think, out of his pants, and um, it was like a, a, a three or foot long, three or four foot long barrel, that's pretty much what this guy's revolver was. <laughs> it's, it's not a right, it's like a, it's like a pistol. It, it was a revolver, but he kept, he could stick a, a stock on the back. So it was a rifle sometimes, and it was a pistol sometimes. Uh, so it was really best of both worlds. And the barrel was as long as he was. Oh, yeah. And the barrel was tiny. It was like a pea shooter. It wasn't like a bazooka. It was like, it was like so skinny, you would have to grease the bullet to get it to fit through. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so uh, I, I'm 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 going a hundred directions here. Let's talk about the plot of Covenant Rider. Let's let's, let's attempt to uh, boil down the, uh, the the labyrinth of the plot. Um, basically, uh, a, let's just say a kid has been kidnapped. Yeah, but that takes a while to get to. It does. So right off the bat, you've got some some lawmen going on the trail to look for this kid who's been kidnapped by outlaws. So. Um, you know, you've seen this trope in Western movies before. You've seen it in The Searchers. You've seen it in Big Jake. Um, you know, you've seen it at what was uh, um, True Grit. Uh, you, you know, you see this over and over again in Westerns, which, you know, is not, you know, ideas have to come from somewhere, but right off the bat, we're in familiar territory. Um but it was almost like they tried to cram three or four different movie plots into the same film. Yes, I got unbelievably lost. Um, <laughs> I actually tried to involve my kids because we've gotten into watching Mystery Science Theater. And I told them, guys, this is going to be perfect. We'll watch this all together and then we'll watch it again later. And, um, and we'll, you know, we'll do Mystery Science Theater to this movie. And about halfway through, they were like, "I don't, I do not know what's going on." Every guy, every man character in the movie looks the same. They're all wearing the same clothes, and I don't know what's happening. <laughs> a lot of, lot of, lot of mustaches in the movie. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, a preponderance of of jovial fat men trying to be comic relief. Yeah, there actually was a, a lot of a lot of. Uh, comic relief from the the bigger gentlemen um they were kind of if you were big you were dumb in this movie which is which is a little bit offensive because i was dumb way way before i was fat <laughs> well, <laughs> well you got to think this is 94 are we, are we dealing with a with a chris farley effect yeah yeah if you're big you're funny yeah 
Okay, so I'm going to play an audio clip. Uh, this is a this is Wichita Slim explaining his uh, uh, his mission here. Boys, I made a covenant with that woman, and I'm not coming back without that boy. Well, I'm in covenant with you. Me too. So they're big on covenants. We can we can take that away from that. Big on covenants. Yeah, yeah. And if uh, if one guy's in a covenant, let's all be in a covenant. <laughs> yes. Uh, as you can hear from that clip, uh, we we're, we're dealing with various uh, <laughs> various versions of of the Western accent. How, how, <laughs> I got I got nothing, Adam. Talk to me about the accents. I- well, I tried to figure it out what the theme was. Are they from the West? Are they from the South? Are they from Alabama? Are they from uh, Kansas? I wasn't sure if I was listening to Texas, um, but they all—it was kind of a melting pot. That town. <laughs> I, okay, I, I've got a, I've got a riff now. It was almost like this is an R-rated movie before we both had kids. So I'm pretty sure we both saw it. Um, you remember the movie Con Air? Yes. With Nick Cage and his horrible accent. Mm-hmm. It's almost mm-hmm. like they just played Nick Cage and said, this is what you need to sound like as a cowboy. <laughs> Everybody do your version of this. <laughs> and it was up for interpretation. Yeah. The uh, the guy that was allergic to horses, his was absolutely the best accent. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Let's, let's, let's uh, play a, a, a clip of the guy. Um Let's play a clip of him, and, and we'll go from there. Yeah, go ahead. What'd you get off for? He said rests the horses. That ain't no horse. Well, he's better than a horse. And I'm not allergic to him. Look, why don't you just go ahead and own up to it? What? You're scared of riding fast. That's why you ain't got a horse. The reason I don't like riding horses because they got no endurance. So, uh... It's very clear that Elmer, uh, <laughs> he doesn't have any faith in horses, Adam. No. Well, initially, he claimed he was allergic to them. And that's a joke uh, that they sneezed ran into the ground he's, no fewer than four times throughout the movie. Oh, yeah. But what surprised me was that everyone in the town who's known him his whole life had no idea that he was allergic to horses. Um they were all caught off guard by it every time he said it. <laughs> how did he? How did he make it to age forty or however old he is? Uh-huh. How did he make it to like never meeting a horse? Like <laughs> in in the West, <laughs> in the wild, wild West. <laughs> Have you ever heard a Western accent worse than Elmer's in this movie? Uh, I don't think I've ever heard one that I liked as much as his. <laughs> well, that too. I, I'm actually going to start practicing that, and that's going to be my new. Just my new go-to voice when I meet people. How are you doing? That was fantastic. Um, but that's not just the character that he plays in that movie. Uh, like I mentioned, the movie, another movie started after this one. Uh huh. Yeah, he talks exactly the same. <laughs> they probably just shot them all concurrently. I mean, yeah. not concurrently. They probably all just shot them back to back. Just all just kept going. So that is apparently that is his acting voice, <laughs> or it's his real voice. <laughs> What are we going to do, Marshall? 
I'm allergic to horses. <laughs> That's why I ride a mule. Uh, he's fantastic. Elmer. Can we say Elmer is the MVP of this movie? Um, yeah, if Elmer is the MVP, uh, I think second place goes to... Oh, man. They only said his name once or twice, but it's the guy that really needed a haircut and a shave <laughs> so that he could court Bessie. He wanted to court Bessie um, before some other guy got to her. Yeah. Hey, listen... If you go to the end of the, like at the end of the movie, yes, yes, his accent the best is gone. Ending. He's a whole different person, and it is the best ending to a movie ever. He's trying to, <laughs> he's trying to get ugly so that Bessie will, uh, will leave him alone. Hey, poor Bessie, by the way. But he's a whole different guy. He's not even the same accent. I wasn't even sure it was him. <laughs> it's like they called him back or something. Like on like <laughs> like woke him up in the middle of the night. And said, "You got to get down here. We got to film a scene to, to finish the movie." He's asking, "What did I sound like? What did I sound like?" <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Just finish the scene. Because it was six months ago when he filmed this uh-huh. scene. <laughs> I don't even know if it's the same guy. Do, you, do we know if it's the same guy? Um, well, the quality of the uh, YouTube video left a little bit to be desired, so I, I, it may not have even been the same dude. I mean, I'm not going back to check, and I'm not asking you to. I, I would never ask you to go back and revisit this. <laughs> No, I, I have canceled the plans. We're not going to make a family mystery science theater uh, movie about this. <laughs> okay, so about halfway through the movie, I, I just started writing down all of my favorite lines. Mm-hmm. <laughs> can, can I just read... Can I just read you some of my favorite lines from Covenant Rider, like minus uh, any context whatsoever? Yeah, I hope you. I hope you do. <laughs> um, so far it ain't working out too good. I'm leaving. <laughs> I love that. I love that line. So far it ain't working out too good. It ain't I'm working leaving. out too good. <laughs> I think the guy that said that got shot in the back as soon as he said it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, here's one from, from uh, I think this is from Wichita Slim's mother, his his Indian mother. The Indian mother, yeah, talking about his soul. Who I'm not sure is actually even older than Kenneth Copeland was in this movie. I think Kenneth Copeland might have been older than the woman who's supposed to play his mother. Uh, they were pretty close. <laughs> they really were. Uh, anyway, his Indian mother had this line. You know I cannot eat what comes from a can. It's in my blood to eat what comes from the soil. Yeah, I liked that. That was uh, that was motivating. <laughs> it was, pushed me to live a healthier lifestyle. Hey, how about this one? This is one of my favorite ones. Um, I, I think it was the, the sheriff was saying this to the telegraph operator. If you miss this message, you won't ever sleep again. Yeah. What does that mean? Which that confused me because either either you're going to give them like a very long sleep, or how are you going to stop them from sleeping forever? <laughs> I, you're just going to keep them awake. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, wake up! <laughs> okay, so uh, towards the end of this movie, you sent me a text that said. Um, <laughs> Something, something, because we were watching it about the same time. We were in uh-huh. different places, but uh, 
Yeah, we were sending like welfare texts to each other just to make sure that we were <laughs> still alive. Keep it up. <laughs> and you sent me a text that said something to the effect of, my favorite thing about this movie is that there's no racial stereotypes. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I, I think I said I particularly like how none of the characters are offensive stereotypes. <laughs> and then, <laughs> there was a scene, and I, I, I marked it as part seven in the YouTube mm-hmm. place. Where <laughs> it was sort of this crescent, 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 what is a crescendo? I'm a moron. This crescendo <laughs> of like all of these wayward plot arcs coming together in the same scene. And you literally had uh, Indians getting drunk and, and, and staggering around a campsite. Uh-huh. You had white people playing Mexicans with fake accents. And then you had oh, horribly, horribly <laughs> wonderful accents. <laughs> and then, and then joining the drunk Indians and fake Mexicans <laughs> was the film's villain, who was very clearly copying Marlon Brando in <laughs> The Godfather. <laughs> yes, he and he um, was the gun runner. I think that's the only name they ever gave him was the gun runner. And uh, he was the Godfather, which pretty much sounds like the Gun Runner. Can Can you give me a little Gun Runner voice? Oh boy! Um, it, it was... Do you remember? Do you remember any of his lines? Because <laughs> yeah. he uh, he shot one of his uh, he shot one of his guys like he shot one of his henchmen. It's like that 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 classic movie scene where like the main villain. Like, uh, sacri- like shoots one of his own guys to scare all the rest of his henchmen, and he was like, uh, you, uh, "You've uh, you've been in my service for a very long time. You should never fail me. This is what yeah. happens when people fail me." Yeah, he was he was fantastic. Kind of just that that mumble, dark voice. No, you never saw his face until the very end. No discernible accent, just like a like a weird sort of like vaguely Italian American mm-hmm. mobster in the Wild West, of course. Yeah, that's what I thought immediately when I heard him. I said, "Oh my goodness, the Godfather's of the Godfather of the Wild Wild West is here." <laughs> so you, you had a riff about exactly how many people. Okay, first of all, the movie is unabashedly faith-based. It's a Christian movie. Yeah. Um, multiple times you have, uh, like, basically little mini-sermons shoehorned into the plot where you're oh, yeah. forced to listen to people preach. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's a Christian movie. <laughs> and Going into it, I was thinking, like, okay, we're going to have some A-team violence here. Uh, like you know, like in the A team, nobody ever died. You know, you'd have like people oh yeah, hundreds each other of with... hundreds of rounds, thousands <laughs> of rounds shot. Nobody's ever hit at point blank range. Like they're they're like duking out with AK forty sevens, and then like at the end, like maybe the bad guy gets shot in the hand and drops his weapon, and that's the end. So I, I was thinking like, okay, that we're gonna get A team violence in this. Not the case, Adam. No, nope. first 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 gunshot of the movie killed a dude, <laughs> and he said. I didn't, you shouldn't have made me do that, or I didn't want to do that, or something like that, but it was fine. <laughs> so, uh, 
I guess the moral of the story is is when you have a chance to rescue, you know, when when a child gets kidnapped, and they're probably not going to harm the child in any way. If you've got a chance to rescue them by killing literally dozens and dozens of people, oh yeah, you just got to do it every single time. Yeah, people on roofs. <laughs> um, you know, if they're on the ground, if they're hiding behind rocks, if they're not even looking at you, you can kill them. Yeah, and aside from that that opening scene where he he's expressing some remorse for shooting a dude, mm-hmm. I, I would put the uh, the remorse level squarely at zero. <laughs> oh yeah, after that film. there was there was no acknowledgement that they were just killing all these guys. <laughs> And I think there was even like a scene, wasn't there like a scene between Wichita Slim and uh, Bill Gunner when they were like, uh, you know, worried that they weren't going to be able to kill all the bad guys. And then they looked up at this guy and were like, Lord, we need you in this one. Yeah. Well, I rewound that a few times (laughs) um, to make sure I was hearing it right. And it was it was a loaves and fishes prayer. (laughs) Um, over their bullets, as far as I can tell. I, I really did. I, I went back over it and over it, trying to make sure I was hearing them right. But he said, basically, let one kill a thousand. And then Slim, that was that was Gunner that said that. And then Slim said, and he said, and let two kill two thousand. And I thought, I don't think I, I don't think I heard that right. Let me go back and see if that's what they're praying for. But it was a loaves and fishes um, for bullets. A question, uh, you know, I mean, I'm not exactly a, a complete pacifist, but can we say maybe some questionable theology there? I, yeah, I, I was a little confused by it. <laughs> so I got to go back to the scene, you know. Uh, I don't know that we really even have an outline anymore. We're just sort of bouncing around yep. the things that confused us about this movie. I, I got to go back to the scene where, <laughs> where, <laughs> where they just genocide an entire town. <laughs> because nothing about that entire scene made any sense whatsoever. No. I mean, it was early on that I had no idea who was who and who was a good guy and who was a bad guy. So, and it, admittedly, there was about five to ten minutes that I was asleep somewhere in the middle. Um, (laughs) But then all of a sudden, they're in this town, and I still don't know who's good and who's bad, but everybody was shooting everybody. (laughs) So, the the Wichita Slim and the other lawmen are chasing the outlaws, and the outlaws stop in this town, and they go in the saloon, and somehow they inspire like all the townspeople to lay an ambush against the posse. And the yeah. way they do that is by saying, "All oh, these guys are Yankees. Mm-hmm. But everybody in the posse talks with a southern accent. Like, <laughs> who's a Yankee? <laughs> it didn't take much to convince the town to <laughs> form a posse. Like a like a like an anti-posse posse? Or yeah, they were like, we're, they're coming for you. All right, well, let's stop them. <laughs> I don't know that guy, but let's let's get our guns so so then you have the uh, <laughs> then you have Wichita Slim and his by the way the entire posse consists of Wichita Slim who's 60 years old mm-hmm. uh, the sheriff and then his two bumbling deputies so it, it really wouldn't shouldn't take much to, to, to stop these guys no 
And so uh, Wichita Slim and the two bumbling deputies go into the saloon to figure out where the uh, outlaws are headed. (laughs) And then despite uh, about 20 different townspeople having a clear shot at them from all different kinds of angles, including around walls, corners, roofs, and on staircases. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Straight <laughs> shots. Easy shots. Somehow Wichita Slim. <laughs> so he gets them out of it, and they proceed to pretty much just kill everyone in the town, despite not knowing what's going on. None of these townspeople yeah. are, you know, we, we haven't been convinced that they're evil in any way. It's just, ah, they're just expendable. No, they just got duped. <laughs> <laughs> and then that was it they all got shot and then there's a great scene afterwards after they've sh- shot everybody in the town where, <laughs> where I guess Kenneth Copeland was was, was going to work on his uh, this was going to be his Oscar scene and he's he's he sees a, a dead body on the ground and he like and he like kicks it or something and he's like oh it makes me so angry these people bought a lie from the devil and now they did <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> the devil lied to them, and they believed it. They died for a lie. It's like oh, <laughs> they died because you shot them. Yeah, that was the bullets. It really was. <laughs> yeah, it was the. It was it was what you shot at them. <laughs> yeah. So that to me that was the part where the the movie sort of jumped off the rails. Um, yeah, uh, there. Really, to to fully grasp what happened in the movie, I would need to watch it again. <laughs> don't, don't. <laughs> I don't think I can do it. <laughs> okay, so let's step outside of the madness just for a second. Yeah, step outside the movie and collect ourselves. Here's my question to you. What do you think what do you think their goals were in creating this? Like to put yourself inside uh Willie George and Kenneth Copeland, how high do you think in their minds the ceiling was for this movie? I'm convinced the budget was high. Yeah. Uh I can't figure out how much money they would have had to spend to spend on this. Um I think some men at a certain point in life get a sports car. Mm-hmm. And I think some men at a, cert- at a certain point in life, you know, maybe um, look look to uh, like younger women and that sort of stuff. And I'm pretty sure that this guy uh, was right smack dab in the middle of a midlife crisis. <laughs> and he just he just needed to be a, a cowboy. <laughs> okay. Um I, you know I'm going to give them I'm going to give Kenneth Copeland some props. You know, I know we've been laughing and goofing about this movie f- for this entire episode. Um <laughs> but there's something that's just goofily endearing about this to me that you know, he was not so far up his own bunghole. Mhm with you know I'm a serious theologian I'm a serious man of God that he wouldn't try to at least have some fun that he wouldn't yeah that he couldn't he could you know he could kill some people (laughs) on film (laughs) 
and yeah, I mean, was it a vanity project? Yeah, I mean, probably. You know, I don't know him personally. You know, whatever. But it's like, I don't know. Like, in a way, I sort of, like, really respect that he would just even try something that audacious. I actually think, like, the the first clip that you sent me, I, I rather enjoyed it. And that's why I had the kids come watch. Uh-huh. I think I think they just overdid it. I, I think there was too much storyline and too many characters to keep up with. Yeah, like that first clip I said, the, the first clip, and we're talking about part one on the YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah, part one. Uh, it, it, See, what, I, what I think you need to do is have all of the uh, fun, sexy Bible time listeners um, just sort of take over the comments section on all of these videos and just, you know, let, let the world know that fun, sexy Bible time was here. <laughs> Well, in that first clip, it's it's a little slapsticky, you know. The uh, it, it's sort of like one of those Disney cowboy movies, like the Apple yeah, a little spaghetti, movie. little spaghetti western. Yeah, it's like a like a Saturday morning Disney western, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, you're thinking, oh, this is just going to be some goofy silliness, and uh, you know, and then 20 minutes later, they're <laughs> they're massacring an entire town, but whatever. And praying for their bullets to kill thousands. <laughs> I'm glad you dug that detail out because that really is. A <laughs> I did. I rewound it over and over because I, I missed that part. I mean, I, I know what you're talking about, but I, I didn't connect it the way you did. So <laughs> fantastic. Also, okay, back in the movie just for a second. What is the movie's fascination with snakes? I'm trying to think back. What snake was there? Uh, we've got multiple scenes with snakes. Um, at one point, they're they're uh, walking through the town, and one of the guys is like catching a snake and like holds it up while he's talking. Oh yeah, to the, uh... out of the blue, it was a rattlesnake. <laughs> and then, like twenty minutes later, in the outlaw camp, there's this like really clean cut, you know, all American boy outlaw who you know is is gonna flip good towards the end of the movie mm-hmm. he's the he's the good outlaw with a conscience and uh he's like looking after the boy that they've kidnapped and one of the other outlaws yeah. comes up to the boy and like <laughs> like puts a snake in his face and is like rattlesnake 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 yeah. <laughs> i've forgotten about that um <laughs> and the good outlaw well, like pulls you gotta mention out. the good outlaw became an outlaw because he lost a poker game which I didn't know that's how that worked, but um, yeah, he lost a card game and had to be a bad guy. <laughs> and then his, uh, I mean, his mother tried to talk him out of it in one of the most painful scenes of the entire this, movie. What was meant to be this ominous warning, and then she did it again later about taking care of the boy. She was a very, um, it was like she was like some kind of fortune teller. But then nothing that she predicted ever happened. <laughs> what what are the what are the odds that that was actually that guy's real mother, real life mother? <laughs> or, um <laughs> If it wasn't his mom, I, I'm I'm a little bit convinced that that's um the production crew probably or the employees of uh what's his name? Um Kenneth Copeland. Yeah, Copeland. Copeland. I think that was all his employees. And he was like, hey, you guys want to be in a movie? Mm. 
I kept waiting for, uh, and you may not be familiar with this, it's pretty obscure, but I kept waiting for his daughter, Kelly Copeland, to pop in because he was like using, even before this, I think, he was using uh, his ministry as like a springboard to make her a star. She was like in her early 20s or whatever, and she had like mm-hmm. her, own, her own kids show called Commander Kelly and the Super Kids. Oh, really? Yeah. So I kept waiting for her to you appear, but I don't know. She she never did, so I don't know where she was. And she's probably in the treasure of Eagle Mountain. <laughs> but you'll have to watch the whole thing to find out. <laughs> so um, let's let's throw some uh, let's throw some rankings up or not rankings ratings. Let's throw okay. Some ratings on this. Uh, probably uh, as far as. Uh, you know, indiscriminate uh, town massacring. It, it's, mm-hmm. it, it's strong. Um, uh, nude scene wise, uh, quite weak. Yeah, it was pretty pretty <laughs> low in that department. <laughs> I kind of have, you know, obviously I'm joking. I kind of have expected Kenneth Copeland to have written himself some kind of love scene in the movie. Obviously not a sex scene, but I kind of. No. I kind of I, I, am, I a little bit expected that maybe there'd be some kind of connection between he and his um uh his I guess it's his dead brother's wife the the mother of his nephew uh-huh I kind of thought something was gonna happen there well Kenneth Copeland like I said he was 60 when he did this I was like sort of because if this was a true vanity project he would have like written some kind of story arc where he like rescued like some nubile 20 something barmaid mm-hmm. <laughs> and of course didn't consummate anything, but she was, she would definitely would have been into him. And, and he, um, it probably needed some cowboys rescuing uh, prostitutes. <laughs> well, it's not like, it's not, I like don't know they, if you, I don't know if you're familiar with that storyline or not. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> All right, we we should probably end on that. You wanna you wanna see? Adam knows me from my college days, so he's privy to all of the embarrassing things I uh, I did. Yeah, but no, that was an award winning essay, wasn't it? <laughs> wasn't there a prize? Did you win? Yeah, I can't, I can't remember what the prize was. It was like t- twenty bucks or something, which I'm sure we just blew at Taco Bell that night. Yeah, but, absolutely. So yeah. that plot was uh, was indeed a story that you wrote. Yeah. yeah, I think it was called The Wedding. So this was like 99 when you and I were freshmen in college together. And there was a writing contest. And I wrote a short story. And it was a Western. <laughs> it was a Western. I don't remember much about it, except it was about cowboys rescuing prostitutes from, mm-hmm. other, from ranchers or something. I don't know. Ranchers and outlaws and hookers and surprisingly well or christian yeah i actually i remember like proof reading that like (laughs) you know reading through it for you before you turned it in what i never knew until i read um jv superstar your book was that you won and and also that it was supposed to be serious oh yeah no i always knew it was a (laughs) a very serious look into the psyche of something or another you know, because who better to uh, tell the tale of a gritty, um, <laughs> gritty drama of violence and sexuality than a than a homeschooled eighteen year old kid away at Christian college? 
You were the expert. All right. <laughs> Adam King, thank you for thank you for diving into this terrifying rabbit hole of, of faith-based westerns. Oh my gosh, I'm going to have to stay in bed all day tomorrow just to recuperate. <laughs> we'll pr- we'll probably never speak again, but uh I'll uh, but I'll, I'll send you out I'll send you out an Elmer's voice. Is that okay? I'd love it. <clears throat> Adam, thank you for being on the podcast, and I'd love it if you came again. (laughs) We'll do it again, my friend. So far, it ain't working out too good. I'm leaving.